Hello, this is Karen Hunt, a.k.a. K.H. Majek, with my new essay, Bitcoin, The Dirty Business of Clean Energy. Gone are the days of show me the money. This is the second in a two-part series. The first is on nickel. I have to go to the toilet, I tell Ma urgently after dinner. You have to go in the woods. But where? Anywhere you can find. Wait, I'll get you some toilet paper. Ma goes away and comes back with a bunch of paper sheets in her hand. My eyes widen in disbelief. Ma, it's money. I can't use money. Use it. It is of no use to us anymore. And that's Long Ung from her book, First They Killed My Father, A Daughter of Cambodia Remembers. It is quite possible that the words of Ma said during the genocide under the regime of Pol Pot will soon come true for us all. Who uses cash anymore? For most people, the reasoning behind giving up cash is convenience. It's so much easier to allow AI to take care of absolutely everything in the ether. Gone are the days of show me the money. Enter Bitcoin. People might wonder what in the world Bitcoin has to do with my first essay on nickel. Well, the process of my of minting new Bitcoins is in some ways reminiscent of the process of extracting metals from the earth. Bitcoin miners like talking like taking over abandoned mines, as they are often in wide open spaces and near water or other energy resources. For these reasons, it has come to be known as Bitcoin mining. Bitcoin began as a utopian libertarian dream, a decentralized currency outside the control of governments, a system that gives its users the anonymity of cash and the instant global power of email. It was created by a mysterious programmer whose dream was to build a system that was not only convenient, but that robbed the global financial elite or the New World Order of its power over the individual. But before we can fully appreciate the eerie matrix-like world of Bitcoin, we must look at what it actually is and the cult surrounding it. The juxtaposition between its faithful followers that Bitcoin will literally save the world and the dirty secret of Bitcoin's massive power consumption and resulting pollution can be hard to fathom. Mining for Bitcoin is a race to see who can solve the mathematical problem first. So the more computers working as fast as they can, the better the chances of being the winner. This requires enormous amounts of energy. If Bitcoin were a country, it would rank in the top 30 worldwide for energy use. That's roughly enough electricity to power countries with populations in the tens of millions with an environmental burden of an estimated 34 megatons of carbon emissions or more, according to Dig, Dig Economist Bitcoin Energy Consumption Index. We actually see Bitcoin becoming less green than ever before, says Alex DeVry, lead author of a, an analysis published by the journal Joule. That directly counters continued claims by industry groups that renewable energy would clean up Bitcoin's operations. So how did Bitcoin come into existence? A shadowy figure by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto is credited with penning the original Bitcoin white paper and with inventing Bitcoin itself, minting the first Bitcoin. This person or group of persons remained elusively in the shadows, offering advice to followers in cryptic messages like a guru communicating from the cloud. The last correspondence with Nakamoto was in 2010 in an email to another crypto developer saying that he or they had cryptically moved on to other things. Investopedia noted that it is estimated that the value of Bitcoins under Nakamoto's control, which is thought to be about 1 million in number, may exceed 50 billion in value. Bitcoin enthusiasts speak of the cryptocurrency and its founder in an almost messianic terms. 
It is seen as the antithesis of the central bank digital currency or CBDC governments that are hell-bent on ushering it in. Certain buzzwords are repeated, decentralization, frictionless, borderless, equitable, democratization. But how do these words translate into reality? Not very well. A war is being waged between government control and free market. Who will win? And when it comes to Bitcoin, is one really better than the other? You could say that the two top prophets of Bitcoin are Jack Dorsey and Michael Saylor. Let's look first at Jack Dorsey. Bitcoin changes absolutely everything, Dorsey said back in 2021. I don't think there is anything more important in my lifetime to work on. Recently, Dorsey left Twitter to devote his life to Square, or what is now known as Block. In a move that shows his lighter side, Dorsey says he is not the CEO, but the Blockhead. Dorsey and Block deserve an entire essay all to themselves. It's a fascinating duo, and I cannot delve into it deeply enough here. Within Block is a developer platform focused on Bitcoin called, get this, TBD54566975, or TBD. Naturally, the name itself set off a flurry of speculation within the Bitcoin community. What does it mean, everyone wanted to know? Theories abounded. Suffice it to say, this fed into the mystique already surrounding Bitcoin. It's impossible to tell if Dorsey really believes what he said about Bitcoin at the B-Word conference. It's deeply principled, it's weird as hell, and it's always evolving. It just reminded me of the internet as a kid. And my hope is that it creates a and helps create a world of peace. It's going to be long term, but my hope is definitely peace. Well, we all know what happened to the internet. It got taken over by the power hungry who now own our data, influence our very thoughts, and are well on the way to owning our bodies and our minds as well. Perhaps Dorsey's company is really a front for a government control with the purpose of luring the unsuspecting public even further into their trap. If you balk at my suggestion, then you really haven't been paying attention over the past two years. Please, let's stop being gullible and let's start questioning everything. It's embarrassing how easily the public have been roped into believing that billionaires, governments, and big pharma have their best interests at heart, as they bleed each one of us both literally and figuratively laughing in our faces as they do so. Now let's look at Michael Saylor. Bitcoin is elegantly engineered to overcome the limitations of gold. Michael Saylor. Saylor is an MIT graduate and the co-founder and CEO of the business intelligence firm MicroStrategy. He calls Bitcoin freedom and the most universally desirable property in space and time. Described as a Bitcoin evangelist at Bitcoin Miami 2022, he instructed thousands of cheering fans to never sell their crypto. I don't know. As I researched this, it all began to sound a bit like a crazed gambling addiction to me. It has all the signs. The game of chance, the incredible highs and lows, the obsessive way to take it takes over people's lives, and their subsequent denial that it is doing so. Here are some examples of how people talk about Bitcoin from a discussion on Reddit. People who use it kind of remind me of a cult members, myself included. I'm addicted to F5ing Reddit and checking Bitcoin wisdom every second of every minute of every hour of every week of every day of every year. I stopped posting on Facebook about it so I wouldn't bug my friends and family. It's a drug. I just don't want to kick it, though. You can replace the words digital currency with crack cocaine, methamphetamine, marijuana, or gambling, and you'll see some of those same kinds of ways people talk about it, Dr. Timothy Fong said an associate professor of psychiatry at the 
at the University of California, Los Angeles. If the Bitcoin craze can be likened to a gambler's frenzy, then Michael Saylor is one of the biggest gamblers of all. He's borrowed billion, I'm sorry, millions from banks to add more of the cryptocurrency to MicroStrategy's balance sheet. I'm not sure what his fans think of him now. As of May 12, 2022, Forbes announced that Saylor had fallen from billionaire status thanks to the crypto plunge. So, now that we know a little bit more about Bitcoin's history and its cult-like status, let's look at the dirty secret of Bitcoin mining. Just as advocates of electric vehicles claim they will save the planet while they are actually making the planet dirtier, it's no different with Bitcoin mines. Like nickel mining, the environmental impacts are being disregarded, rivers are being drained and destroyed for hydropower, and the greenhouse gas emissions of producing the electricity either by hydropower or fossil fuels is being ignored. It wasn't long ago that over 70% of all Bitcoin mines were located in China. And then, as of July 2021, China shut down all the mines, according to data compiled by the University of Cambridge's Center for Alternative Finance. Crypto mining is an extremely harmful industry that jeopardizes China's pursuit of carbon neutrality, exclaimed, explained Mei Wei, spokesperson for China's National Development and Reform Commission. Up until that point, just as we saw with nickel mining, virtuous Western Bitcoin miners never complained about China's lax regulations. Gurus like Dorsey and Saylor, who promised a better, more egalitarian world thanks to Bitcoin, ignored the hard, cold realities of pollution. It was all hidden away conveniently in China. China might have claimed it shut down the mines to save the environment, but as Ant News BTC reported, as for the possible reasons, Bitcoin Magazine's Lucas Nuzzi cites the upcoming digital CBDC of China, and Nuzzi said they're literally rolling out their own coin, a CBDC that will enable the mass surveillance and unbanking of dissidents. Argentina has also banned Bitcoin. The announcement came after the International Monetary Fund approved a $45 billion loan fa facility for Argentina. The catch? the country would discourage the use of cryptocurrencies. Did the Chinese mines actually shut down? Of course not. They just moved elsewhere. The United States now accounts for 30% of all Bitcoin mining, all while warning its citizens that they will have to sacrifice energy use for the sake of saving the planet. As just one example of many, in 2019, Beijing-based company Bitmain, the world's largest maker of Bitcoin mining computers, moved its operations into an old aluminum plant in Rockdale, Texas. Advocates try to justify the mines by saying that their energy consumption is no different than, say, a company like Amazon. Well, that's a terrible argument. Amazon Web Services is the biggest cloud computing provider in America, and its carbon footprint is huge. It has over a million customers and is supported by more than 50 data centers across the world. Each of those centers consumes about as much power as a small town. Where does it all end? Imprinted in my mind is a dystopian image of all these computers, endless rows upon rows of them, giant fans blowing to keep the temperatures down, guzzling water, forever calculating mathematical equations day and night, while scores of people frantically try to beat one another by adding more and more computers with higher energy usage going faster and faster. Just the noise itself has been likened to a gigantic dentist drill, driving anyone with its, within its vicinity insane. The hypocritical, the hypocritical green fantasists will never achieve what they claim they want because their desire to get richer is stronger than their lame virtue signaling cries to save the planet. 
But there is still one more dirty secret. Despite the buzzwords like decentralization and Dorsey's claims that Bitcoin will usher in equality and world peace, Bitcoin is no different from any other industry that is controlled by the top 1%. Research has found that the top players represent a mere 0.01% of all Bitcoin holders, and yet they control 27% of the digital currency. That means that things haven't changed since the days of gold-fashioned dollar where the top 1% controlled 30% of total U.S. household wealth. Creating a better world isn't about resolving the conflict between decentralization and centralization. Rather, it's about morality and governance. If we had leaders operating from a position of integrity and truth that actually put people first, not their own greed, we would have a starting point from which to solve these problems. As it is, we will never find any answers because we refuse to address the root cause. No system can fix our basic human flaws. Harvard Business Review explains how the United States is marching relentlessly in China's footsteps. The Federal Reserve Bank of Boston, in collaboration with MIT, is currently designing a CBDC prototype. Ultimately, the technology underlying CBDCs will be blockchain, the technology that enables Bitcoin. So, we come back to Jack Dorsey and Michael Saylor. What are they really up to? Is Block a company we can put our trust in that wants to save us from the New World Order? Or is it a cover to ease people into accepting a worldwide CBDC? I know what I think, and I would be interested to hear your thoughts as well. Thank you for listening.